Anyways, what I want to talk about today is optimum health. Optimum health. I kind of posted something on my Facebook, if there's any Facebook people out there. And it was an interesting one about a doctor who was giving a recommendation for personal health. And the thing that he was, that he struggles with is um, we have a tendency to get focused on the symptoms and treat the symptoms instead of the cause. And that was his problem, such as diabetes. And what we do is we give people metformin and then we give them insulin shots. And we, we you know, for some people, obviously they need it, but for so many others, there's a different solution to it. Like what's the cause? Well, the cause is a sugar problem, right? It's an insulin problem. It's not spiked, uh, spiked sugar in your blood only. There's things that you can do. When I was diagnosed with diabetes 2, I decided to check into it and see what I could do so I, could not, so I wouldn't have to be stuck on the medication, the metformin. And so I got off the metformin and started doing things that are important for your personal health. That's what he was getting at in his lesson. And everything that he was saying, it was like, oh, this is new, this is wonderful. But as King Solomon says, there's nothing new under the sun. And the things that he was saying, I was hearing when I was growing up in school, the things that he was saying is things I've been hearing from my doctor, like how's your exercise routine? How's your weight? How's your diet, right? And he talks about these things. And what I picked up from it was, we have a tendency to drift away from the common sense that we already know. And we cling to these things called doctors to, to help us, right? As if they're the, the miracle workers when, well, maybe I'm in a position or a condition because maybe I put myself there because maybe I've been ignoring my physical health. And maybe I've been ignoring my spiritual health. Like, I mean, if, if your physical health is, is really bad, who are you going to blame? Do you, do you really blame the doctor? You know, he put you there. Your spiritual health, who are you going to blame? I mean, for God, it's all about me and you, right? It's, it's your relationship with God, and you need to take command of it it's your relationship with your body you need to what you need to take command and and that's what i was picking up from this guy and i'm going to run through seven things that he recommended for your own personal health and he was saying like like doctors need to focus on this well i think doctors do focus on this but i i'm gonna take a quick look at every one of these seven. So there's seven points of this morning's lesson. So we'll kind of whip through it. But all seven of these, I want to look at it on a spiritual sense. Physical and spiritual. Jesus always used, you know, a, a physical truth can be applied spiritually. And we need to think about this. And the seven that he gave was lack of sunshine, bad diet, no physical activity, bad sleep patterns, bad gut health, environmental toxins bad stress. Those are the seven that you need to think about for your spiritual health. Lack of sunshine, right? Uh, 
you get better sleep, uh, less stress, stronger bones, your immune system. You got to get out and get some vitamin D. You got to get out into that sunshine. You can't, you know, crawl, crawl into a basement and be like a mushroom. Your health is going downhill without sunshine. We understand that. And we control how much sunshine our bodies are getting. And if they're not getting enough, then our responsibility is to get out there. And the same is with Christ. You know, nothing better. Like this afternoon, get out there in the sunshine. And what do you do? Just bask, you know? Be like that turkey that's just sitting in the heat in the oven, just browning. Like get out there and absorb some rays. Because, and it's neat, right? When the clouds come over, you just go, ah, I hate clouds, right? And then all of a sudden that sun starts peeking through and your body just, your your body just responds to the feel of the sunshine, right? Jesus says what? You know, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me will, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He's the one. He's the sunshine we need to bask in. How are you going to do that? By absorbing his word. Chapter 12, verse 36 of John. While you have light, believe in the light so that you may become sons. Sons of light. I have come into the light. I have come as light into the world so everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness so that we can what? We can see, right? First, first John chapter 1, verse 6 through verse 8. I mean, you know this stuff. If we say we have fellowship, uh, yet walk in darkness. We lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus. His son cleanses us from all sin. Yeah, just when you're a kid, I don't know if you did any salamander hunting, but if you're looking for salamanders, you turn rocks and the salamanders just scatter, but you got to catch them. You got to be quick, right? But you turn over a rock and the sun hits it, all those creepy crawly things, everything that's under there just scatters. You got to get into the sun. You got to get into the word of God. If, if you go camping, and when me and Kathy were at the cottage, it was, had some really good fires. But the nice thing about a fire when you're camping is you, you, you're drawn to it like a moth to the fire and you can just sit there and be mesmerized by a fire, right? You don't go walking into the darkness because if you go walking into the darkness, you're gonna trip and you're gonna fall. That's a guarantee in the middle of the night. You, you, you head for what? You head for the fire. It's kind of like repent. Repent means to change 180 degrees. Are you walking in the light? Jesus shows us the things we need to do. He gives us the direction we need to go. Repent and start headed for the, heading for that light. Absorb that sunshine. Don't be headed for the darkness. How much time are you spending in the dark, which is the unknown, which is the cold? Or how much time are you spending around the campfire in the warmth where more people are? And at least if you're around the campfire, you can see people and people can see you. There's that fellowship. Second Peter 1.19, we have the prophetic word made more sure to which we do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. How much sunshine are you focusing in on? How much sunshine of God's word? Is it only on a Sunday morning? Better not be, better not be. 
But then again, it's your health spiritually. And it's your health physically. Get out on the porch. Get some rays. Bad diet. In this day and age, they're killing us. And you got to admit it. There's way too much sugar, salt, and fat. You have to control and get into a balanced diet. That's why almost 50%, you know, they're saying in the States, they're struggling with, with diabetes. Like it's, it's coming on it, it, and it's going worldwide. Why? Because we're just, we love sugar. It's like an addiction and, it, and it's killing our bodies, you know, and, and we have to take control. And it's the same spiritually. How much of the bread of life are you feeding on? Just enough? Are you just, you know, let's have a little cracker every day, you know? What did Jesus say in John chapter 6, verse 51? I'm the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I will give him for the life of the world is my flesh. Truly I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life. You got no life in yourself. If you're not feeding on the word of God on a daily basis, catch that daily basis, right? You've got a horrible diet and get into the word of God. Be careful of bad translations, commentaries. Oh, but I read all these Christian books. That isn't the Bible. It isn't the word of God. It's some guy's idea of you need to wrestle. You need to come up with your idea of a balanced diet. You know, the doctors are saying, get a balanced diet. What's your balanced diet? Are you into the New Testament as well as the Old Testament? When's the last time? You know, ask yourself, when's the last time I sat down and read the Old Testament? When's the last time I read a New Testament book? And I'm blaming who for my spirituality? Because I'm struggling? No, no. Physical activity. If you're not physically active, they the the one stat said one in four adults, one in five teenagers in the U.S. get adequate amount of physical activity. Get adequate. That means what? Three in four adults are getting zero activity, right? And that's four out of five teenagers are not getting enough for their physical bodies. Wow, I wonder what about the church? Yeah, I, I looked up that word. The new physical activity, I'm starting to take control, why? Well, because when, you, when somebody tells you you got a disease, diabetes, then you wanna take control of that, right? You don't wanna just rely on doctors to take care of you because they, they only, they're only a part of your, your personal physical health. So I'm into this thing called walking. I was going to do jogging, but I knew my knees and ankles wouldn't hold up, right? Too much weight to go jogging down the road. So I'm into walking and I find walking is just a wonderful thing. You just build up into it. You just take your time and, and guess what? You're out in the sunshine unless you're crazy like me and walk at midnight. I got to change that. I'm learning, but we're always learning. But the word walk is found in Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, 1st Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. It's found 40 times 
in the scriptures. Walk in newness of life. Walk by the spirit. Walk in good works in a worthy manner, in love as children of light, in his commandments. Get the word of God in you and start walking with it. Put it into action. How? Love one another. Care about other people. It's not just loving your neighbor, but you need to love your neighbor. But what are you doing with the brethren, right? James chapter 2, 17. What? Works. Faith without. Works. What's works? Walking. Putting it into action. It's physical activity. It's healthy for you. What the doctor say? Use it or lose it. So, use your spiritual life or what? Lose it. And guess what? You're the one that's forfeiting. Oh, no, they didn't encourage me. They didn't do this for me. No. <laughs> do we forget that God lives in us? That the Spirit's there to help us? Like, I've got to start learning to walk more with the Spirit. Actually, I was going to try and do a sermon this week on the Spirit, but I got caught up in this silly thing. Next week, I'm going to talk about the Spirit and all the things that he does within us. But right now, I need to see, which is what this video is doing. All it's saying is, it's common sense. Take control. Take control of your life. Taking control of your spiritual life. Sleep. Oh, sleep deprivation, man, cognitive impairment, memory loss, loss of moral judgment. You've really got to learn to get into good sleeping habits because it will affect you. And that's so important. Don't put it off. It can cause heart disease, diabetes, obesity, and all kinds of, all of these things are going to destroy your physical health. And all of these things are going to destroy your spiritual health. You know, 1 Thessalonians is really kind of cool. Because all he says is what? 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12. I want you to make it your ambition. Lead a quiet life. Attend your own business. Work with your hands just as we commanded you, so that you will behave properly towards outsiders and not be in any need. Why are you stressing that I have to uh, do this and I have to do that and I have to, I have, he's saying, calm down. Because the only people that you truly are going to influence are those around you. And if you're just scrambling to go up the corporate ladder you're scrambling to do this and that and all these physical things in the world they're just going to look at you and say that's a christian you're so freaked out on everything you feel you have to do in this physical world settle down get a job mind your business if you can help somebody be there to help somebody but if you're busy doing every little thing and every night of your life is 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 booked on doing either church stuff or or personal stuff or or man you're going too fast you know which means you're going straight for that wall matthew 6 25 what's he say don't worry about what you're going to eat drink or what you're going to wear you know I'll take care of those things. What, what, what do I want you to focus in on? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, right? 
that's what I want you to focus in on. And all these other things, they'll come. And what's really interesting now is now we're in lockdown. Do you really care what you wear? I mean, you don't even know if I'm, if I got pants on, right? I mean, I do, but you can't tell if my hair is just massively long, right? We don't. Why worry about such things? Why am I stressing? Why am I not sleeping at night? Hmm. Guilt? Hmm. Romans chapter what? 13, uh, 3 to 4 is an interesting verse which says rulers rulers are a cause for fear for good behavior are, are not a cause for fear for good behavior but for evil do you want to have no fear of authority well do what is good and you'll have praise from the same perfect love casts out all fear don't be chasing after the world trying to get everything all your ducks in a row because you won't and as soon as you think you've got all your ducks in a row guess what the stock market crashes and everything that you've invested is now just gone down the toilet and so all that work that you've invested in all that money that you've worked so hard to get and you've got it and your retirement is just set and now what happens oh well now i guess i'll work on my spiritual <laughs> no No, the time to work on your spiritual is Hebrews. Today is the day of salvation. Hebrews chapter four. What verse am I looking for here? Nine to 11. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And I believe we can get that Sabbath rest today. It's not a physical, it's a spiritual for the one who has entered his rest has himself rested from his works as God did from his. On the seventh day, God rested from physical works and focused on spiritual, focused on helping men on a spiritual level. That's what he's saying to us. Quit worrying about the physical. Focus on the spiritual because that's the rest I give you because it's not your work. All you're trying to do is help God accomplish things by opening your mouth, sharing the truth, uh, giving somebody some gifts, right? Like food for somebody that's sick, visiting somebody, you know, give me a shirt off your back, whatever, right? It's not you. It's God's works that you're doing. So therefore, you don't have to stress about it. You don't even have to think about it. You just do it. That's the rest that he's saying that we need to be focusing in on. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same examples of disobedience because the people in the Old Testament were always worried about the physical and they wanted to go back to Egypt because they wanted all that, you know, roof over their head. They wanted to get out of tents. They wanted to have good food. Hey, stay with God. And then when you go to bed at night, if you've done the will of God, guess what? You sleep. You really do, and you can sleep well. Bad gut health. Now that's something that's really new. It can cause a lot of mental and physical problems. And gut health is a two-way street, because you think, oh, well, all the worries in my head is giving me bad gut. 
But if you've got bad gut, you know, all the bugs that are in your stomach, if that's not well balanced, then that can throw your brain off too. So that's a, a, a it's, it's a two-way street. And I'm trying to think spiritually, how's this really going to work for me? Well, Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, he talks about this thing called meditation because you feed, you feed on the word of God, right? And you get that down in your gut. That's inside of you. And guess what? You've got to meditate on it. You don't just wolf that food down. It's like you go through drive-through. Some people, I think, can go through drive-through, and before they're they're back on the street, they've eaten all the food they just bought at drive-through, right? You know, right? Now you need to learn to sit down and have good good people at your table and have good conversation and take your time, enjoy. So eat eat the word and then meditate on it. He'll be like a tree firmly planted which yields fruit in its season. Is that what I'm looking for? No, I'm looking for verse two, actually. His delight is in the law. Isn't that an interesting word? His delight. Does that really describe you? I'm wondering how much it describes me. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Do you look forward to opening the scriptures? Do you look forward to meditating by yourself on the word? Is, is that a delight? Well, it, it sort of needs to be. Jeremiah is told to eat the scroll. Ezekiel's told to eat the scroll, right? And it's sweet. But what's interesting is when John is told to eat the scroll, it's sweet in his mouth, but it's bitter in his stomach. Why? Well, because he's really meditating on that thing. And he can see when you meditate on the word of God, it helps you to correct your own problems because you can see that I've got to really change this. And that's a problem we have with doctors because the doctors tell you what you really got to change, but you don't do it. Not until it's way too late. Hopefully not, but you know, but that's what Jesus is telling us. And then if you do start changing that, then you start, as you meditate on the word, you see your friends and family. Now put them in. Think about their spiritual health. And that's got to be disturbing. But you can't just, because you know, you, you said no to the doctor how many times, so you just got to figure out how to do it with love. But it should bother us. But then if we don't meditate on the word, it won't bother us. We just let it go, right? Hey. Bad gut health, environmental toxins. You know, just write pollution, man-made products. Talk to Liz, artificial fragranced products. They put so much garbage in there, it makes people literally sick. And for Liz, a couple of days, right? And there's lots of people like that. And she's not the only one in the congregation because they're nasty, nasty stuff. GMOs, they've changed food that's bad for certain people. And here's one that I didn't think about, cleaning products. But then I got this real neat cleaning product and it was for bath, tub and tile. You know how the problem you have with the grout? Just spray it on. You got to run out of the room. Uh, it was like, and two hours later was before I could ever go back in the room with the windows open, the fans blowing, like that stuff was, and you're breathing. 
And those things will make you give you disease, right? And so will man-made teachings. It's funny. Here's John's lesson in a sense. Here's Hebrews chapter 5. You ought to be teachers, but you need someone to teach you. You got to take command of what you're learning, and you got to take command, right? Because I want you to become teachers. If you don't, then, as, as John was saying, like, how are you going to make smart decisions? I was going to throw in my example of a decision, and my decision was I won't drink alcohol. Now, the Bible doesn't condemn alcohol, and you can drink a little, right? Not a problem. Like, it's not a sin. It's a sin to get drunk. Understand that. But for me, it was, well, I'm going to take a position of being a minister and a teacher, and I'm going to show people that you don't need it to get through this life. It's kind of like Paul. I, don't, I won't eat meat because... Yeah, you know, it's going to make somebody stumble. So you need to make a decision that's going to help others. But you can't dictate that personal decision upon others. you got to watch out for traditions. Mark chapter 7, it was all, you know, they were condemning Jesus because he wasn't washing his hands correctly. Wow, isn't that a <laughs> up-to-date problem? <laughs> Wash your hands, wash your hands. This is number one, wash your, you know. And how about Corban? Yeah, he condemned man-made teaching. Stay with the word. Be careful of. Do not add nor subtract from the word of God. When you do, you're adding environmental toxins, which what? Kill people. Not only self, but they will kill other people. So you've got to be careful of that. And then bad stress. And I write bad stress because some stress is really good because it motivates us to do things. But some, bad stress, uh, it can cause disease, cancer, depression, anger, abusive drugs, alcohol. It, it can stress. And what did God give us for stress? Matthew chapter 6, 14 and 15. Because think about it. The, 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 the one thing that gives you the most stress is people. Does your dog give you stress? Does your cat stress you out? Only when I got to change the litter box. And that's not a problem. Why? Because it's my husband's job to change the litter box. So that's, it's not the cat. It's the husband that's stressing me out, right? Like, or you walk the dog, got to stop and poop and scoop or scoop and poop or whatever, right? But it's people. So what's he saying? 6, 14 and 15 of Matthew. Forgive others of their transgressions and your heavenly father will forgive you. If you do not forgive, then your heavenly father will not forgive you. Let things go. It is so healthy. Mark chapter 12, 29 and 31. There is but one God. Love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, soul, mind, strength. That is so important. But you also have to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's something we have a tendency not to pick up on. Love my neighbor. What are you supposed to do? Treat your neighbor. If, if he's an enemy, love him. If he sins against you, forgive him. Well, guess what? You've got to learn to forgive yourself. 
And some people don't think this is big, but it is monstrously big to forgive yourself because you're going to beat yourself up. And you may laugh at it because you're in your 30s or in your 40s, but you get older if you haven't learned to deal with letting things go, if you haven't learned to deal with forgiving yourself for not doing things, because the older you get, the, the more things seem to pile up. I should have, I, you know, forgive yourself and move on. You can't change the past. Focus on walking, as we were talking earlier, and walk forward into love. Forgive yourself, right? Galatians chapter 6. Reach out to other people and forgive them. Well, Galatians says, and I like this one, if, if anyone's caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, don't sit back and tell other people what to do. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens. Fulfill the law. Help people to get through. And then the last one to throw on here simply is, simply, it's, Carson mentioned it this morning, it's prayer. It really is. And in that prayer, be what? Well, in chapter 20 of Ephesians, uh, no, in chapter 20 of Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20 says what? Give thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Always giving thanks. Colossians chapter, and you know, and I, and I think this needs to be a sermon. Let the word of Christ richly dwell in wisdom, with all wisdom, teaching, admonishing, with psalms, hymns, singing with thankfulness, whatever you do in word or deed. In the name of the Lord Jesus, give thanks. Give thanks. James chapter 1 and 2. Oh, uh, no. James, yeah, James chapter 1 and, and verse 2 is what? Consider it all joy when you encounter, you know, throw it. New American Standard says, when you encounter various trials, trials. But the King James, I'm, I'm sure, will say temptations. Let's, let's put it what it is. Temptations. You're tempted to do sin, and it's right in your face. But consider it joy. Don't stress. Consider it joy. And if you don't know how to handle it, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. If you don't know how to handle it, start praying. If you're really struggling with a brother or sister, start praying. If you've got a temptation, start praying. Are you stressed? Start praying. That's how you get rid of it. And that's how you create healthy relationships because you don't blame other people. You let it go. You realize we're all human. We need to get through this. Because if you allow the stress, if you allow bitterness, the root of bitterness to creep up inside of you, it, it's, it's, it's going to eat your spiritual life. It eats your physical life, your physical health. These are simple seven causes for diseases. But we make a spiritual application and it makes the same amount of set, sense. And you've really got to start thinking about how much sunshine, 
How much am I basking in the light of God's word with Christ? What is my diet? Am I physically active? Am I enjoying the rest that God, you know, the forgiveness? Am I meditating? Am I careful that I'm not adding to? And am I giving God the stress that's in my life? I need to take command of my spiritual health. I need to take command of my physical health. And I don't know, Leith, is it four or five years since that day in the hospital? Four years this month coming up? Yeah. 5% chance of survival. But that's what a doctor says. And Leith and Keon took command and said, not without a fight, right? And that's so important to see. And, and this is kind of interesting, I want to bring up quickly, and that is the placebo effect. And they're doing lots of studies on the placebo effect. And, you know, person gets a sugar pill, person gets a, a regular pill, and both get cured. What is, you know, placebo effect? It's just, it's positive thinking. That's what it is. Well, no, it's not. It's, it's more than positive thinking. We need to be thankful that God gave us this incredible body that can respond when you believe. And God rewards those who believe. And when you learn to take care of this physical body by giving it the nutrients to help it battle the things that are in it, change your diet, get physically active as much as you can, be watching your sleep. You can beat diseases in this world as best as you can, right? I'm not saying you can't beat everything, but you take on you take on your responsibility for your physical health. And you can turn things around with the help of doctors, but they're not the only thing. And if they give you the bad news, throw it out, pray, talk to God. But it's not prayer alone. That's the big thing. Leaf didn't get better by prayer alone, though she had how many hundreds of people praying for her. She started to do the things that she needed to do, that she knew that was good for her. And because she became active, God's opening doors and God rewards restored health. Or you can crawl in the corner and just die right? Well, the same is with your spiritual health. Oh, you know, everything's going so bad. I'm so messed up. I got so much sin. Well, what does God say? Repent. Come to me for forgiveness. Get off the floor. Quit feeling bad for yourself and start walking and start helping other people take command of your life. It's not just your prayer life. Man, how much are you walking in the sunshine? How much have you changed? How much diet? What's your diet of God's word? You know, physical. If you change those things, it doesn't matter how bad the diagnosis is. You can turn things around. Physically, spiritually. We've got incredible bodies that can change, that can heal itself. 
we've got this incredible mental created in what God's image that God's there to help us change because God has not left us helpless and with his word with prayer with with him working in your life the Holy Spirit you can change it's your attitude that needs to change it's your activities that need to change and that's the challenge that Jesus puts down before us you know you can roll over and die hey or you can take up the challenge Paul says get into the fight I fought the good fight kept the faith get into the race and when you start running you start watching things change in your life and and it's a guarantee they will and it's a guarantee if you don't start running, or should I say walking, it's a guarantee nothing will change. So if you're happy with your spiritual life today, continue to do what you're doing. If you're not happy with your spiritual life today, then take a look at these seven things and how busy are you at working it. It's the same with your physical. If you're not taking care of your physical, body guess what it's, it's going to end up in, the, in that situation and the same with your spiritual and you can change and you can change both but the encouragement is god's there and he wants to work with you and he will help you to accomplish what you need to do so that you will stand there one day and hear those incredible words well done good and faithful servant because those words once you hear those words, those, you know you're in, a, in, in eternity, for eternity. What am I doing to accomplish spiritual health? That's what I'll leave you with this morning.